on the busy main street of Dubbo with a beautiful statue of Indigenous activist Bill Ferguson as our backdrop. I had the privilege of interviewing the Indigenous elder and poet Riverbank Frank. While Christian faith was in his family, as Riverbank grew up, the disconnect he saw between what he was told about Jesus as a young boy and the church's inaction on issues concerning his people led him to deep anger. Today, with Sunday now being his self-professed busiest day of the week, Riverbank's journey and the faithful followers of Jesus that walked with him was inspiring and impacting to me, and I know it will be for you also. I'm Carl Fays, and this is my interview with Riverbank Frank. So Riverbank, we're here in Dubbo, and this statue is Bill Ferguson. So tell us about Bill Ferguson. Who is Bill Ferguson? Bill Ferguson was a, an Aboriginal freedom fighter, uh, born of a Scottish father and a Wiradjuri mother. Uh, came from Darlington Point, in on the Murrumbidgee, and um, in the 1930s and 40s, uh, uh, he was uh, responsible for a lot of stuff, uh, which happened, uh, and. Uh, I believe it um, advanced our cause greatly in this country. Where did he get his education? Do you know much about his education? Uh, I think it was um, at a, uh, a mission school that was set up by uh, yeah people of uh, faith down on the uh, uh, Murrumbidgee, probably down there somewhere, uh, uh, Warren Gaster. So Bill Ferguson also had a faith and he was involved in churches here in Dubbo. Yeah, uh, so the story goes, um, uh, Ferguson lived here during the, from the 1930s, uh, late 30s onwards and um, until the 50s and during that time uh, I believe he was uh, an elder of the local Presbyterian church. It was at a time uh, prior to Aboriginal people even being granted citizenship in this country. So. The fact that Ferguson could achieve that office in one of the churches in this then village yep. was phenomenal, I think. Yeah. What were the sort of things that Bill Ferguson was fighting for? Uh, Bill Ferguson, uh, I like to think of Bill Ferguson as our Martin Luther King. In a lot of ways, he was asking for the same things. He wanted to sit down at the table of brotherhood, as it were, and share from the same meal as everybody else. He wanted a piece of the pie for our people. And I don't think there's any shame in what he was asking for. Mm. I don't think it was too outrageous. Yeah. He was involved in both the union movement and the ALP? That's correct. Yeah. What sort of roles did he have with those? Well, uh, his involvement with the unions, and one of the biggest in the country, the AWU, came from uh, the fact that Ferguson's father, a Scottish foundry writer, was also a shearer of some note and taught his sons how to do the same. For Ferguson, his uh, road to Damascus moment, as it were, uh, came when he was about 18 or 19, working in the sheds. It was uh, as if for the first time he noticed that when they got paid, for their work, uh, uh, his cousins were paid less than him. 
he asked his father about this and his father said it's the colour of their skin. I believe it was in that moment that Ferguson, the real William Ferguson, was born. He stood up. He uh, decided in his heart of hearts, I believe, that uh, from there on in he was going to make a difference, and he did. Yeah. Uh, I believe he did that based on the the uh, the assumption that, or the uh, the assertion, that Mum's black, so I'm black. These are my cousins. Yeah. This fight is my fight. Yeah. You see, Ferguson was uh, fair enough uh, of a fair enough complexion that he could pass in the white man's world. He didn't need to spend a lifetime fighting for people who were on the margins. Not really. Yeah. He could work. He was a big, strong man, healthy, fit. He did not need to do what he, what he dedicated his life to. Yeah. He did it based on a belief. And the belief, I believe, was taught to him in the schools that he attended by people. It was taught to him by people like his father. It was really a part of him, a part of his DNA. He was, uh, his father was a part of the Scottish Presbyterian faith and uh, it was out of that that Ferguson had always grown up in his consciousness yeah, yeah. with the idea that all men are created equal. Yeah, and that is interesting, isn't it, Riverbank, that he didn't need to fight the battle for himself, but he, he, it was like he was with the people that were the Indigenous people that needed that battle fought. That is what people need to know the most, brother, about this man and about this story. Yeah. William Ferguson died, brother, I believe, of a broken heart, sad and disillusioned. But William Ferguson walked down a road, a very lonely road, he spoke a language nobody really understood at the time because he was saying, what about the indigenous people? What about the first peoples? Yeah. Even his own people looked at strangely at him because it was better not to, not to make too much noise, yeah. to keep your head uh, below the parapets as it were and not get it knocked off in the process. Ferguson was a man who had the courage of his convictions and, yeah, he lived out what he believed in. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry of Olive Tree Media. Our vision is to create a library of resources that tell the story of the game-changing message of Jesus. This interview was recorded for our latest documentary, Faith Runs Deep. Our other award-winning series, Jesus the Game Changer and Towards Belief, plus many other small group, church and school series are available on our Watch Plus platform for a small monthly partnership. As you partner with us, you not only get access to compelling video content and interactive discussion guides, but you also support the creation of more resources that help share the gospel message. To become a partner and get access to Faith Runs Deep, visit olivetreemedia.com.au. How did his example impact you, Riverbank? It left an indelible imprint in my life. I, uh, I uh, come from a family uh, who had a faith myself. And so, you know, uh, 
in some ways my upbringing was not dissimilar to William Ferguson's in that my father was a Christian, my mother was Christian. But I got to, I come, uh, yeah, I uh, uh, grew up in this country at a time when there was great change, social change afoot. Yep. And when my people, indigenous people, were standing up and finding voice, they uh, were doing it in uh, quite a different way to William Ferguson, but they were doing it nonetheless. Yeah. I was affected by all that. I looked at what I could see in the small country town where I was growing up, and the people to me who seemed the most silent about the social injustice of the day were the Christians, mm. the churches. Wow. It grew in me a righteous indignation, if you like, an anger that I couldn't even understand myself, but it almost consumed me yeah. because it was as if, I felt as if I'd been sold a pup. I felt as if all the stories that my father and my mother told me about this man, Jesus, they had a hollow ring to them, well, you know? Yeah. Or that they included everybody except little old black me, because there was a point. There was a point in the thing, yeah. yeah. And Kath Walker, Ujuru Nunaka, one of our great poets said it in, a, in something she wrote. She said, though baptised and blessed and bibled, we are still tabooed and libelled. If you have to teach the light, teach us first to read and write. And she was right, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, we do, we, we, if we, we want to be a part of this. You went to, to, to Sydney, to Redfern. If yep. we met you then, what would you have been like? <laughs> you wouldn't have met me. <laughs> we wouldn't have crossed on the same side of the street. Yeah. And uh, if we did, chances are I'd have been in your face. I, uh, you know, uh, it makes me laugh now in hindsight. All three foot of me, you know, but uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, in my mind I was a black revolutionary, so yeah, I wasn't there um, for conversation at all, or coffee. You know, uh, I wanted the conflict, and um, I wanted you to know that you were living in a stolen country, and that you, your existence, and the air, the very air that you were breathing in this this place, this beautiful Australia place, it was all based on injustice. Yeah. What's happened since? We're talking now, you're, you're a really important part of this community. Um, what's happened? Uh, a lot of things have happened, but, and you go, you know, you walk down a long road to find your Aboriginality, I suppose, and to, and to fit comfortably in your own skin. Mm. And um, yeah, kind of that sort of thing happened, but, I spent 20 years, uh, 10 years at least, living and working on the main streets of Mount Truitt. And um, when I was working there, in fact, um, yeah, I met a guy who had an indelible, uh, left an indelible imprint in my life. Uh, 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 Father Paul Hannah from the local Catholic parish there. And um, uh, I just saw that this, for the first time in my life, I met a, uh, a priest 
who had a social conscience and who wanted to work with people, and in particular my people, or the people on the margins, and suddenly it was as if I saw for the first time, this is what Jesus is like. Wow. wow. That's a wonderful story, River. Well, you know, it's, it's still going. I don't know a man like this man, but he is a rub, okay? He's, he's a part of the Catholic Church and all that there, and, and you know, the big institution that that is, but this is a little Lebanese man. So he's a Middle Eastern man in this, in this Roman Catholic religion. And, yep. you know, I just watched him in Mount Curtin. Mate, at the time I was there in the 1990s, he had about 50 nationalities living in a 20 kilometre radius, you know, a concentration of humanity like none, none other. And he just, he just went straight in the middle, he went through them. The factions did not exist. He was there, not for the church, for the people. Yeah. And over time, I worked with him. Um, uh, uh, working, because I could work with my own people and communicate with them too, so we were able to help each other. And over time, I just I just became inspired by yeah. the man he was, you know. Um, yeah. Did, did that change your view of Jesus again? Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, uh, uh, I, I just saw that, you know, it, it wasn't going to be a, um, you know, a, a thing where uh, he was going to be a fair weather friend, you know. He was going to talk to me when there was no one else around, you know. Um, I saw in this little um, man um, somebody who was going to walk with me. Yeah. Somebody yeah. who was going to talk with me and somebody who was going to share the bad times as well as the good times. Yeah. And yeah, that's... Riverbank, you've, you've, you've dealt with the anger in some way. What, what would you like to see in the future? What are you working towards for your people in the future? Well, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I believe strongly now in the need for reconciliation. Uh, reconciliation between the races. I believe in it, but you know, the devil believes and he trembles. So what I do is I believe, but I live it too. Yeah. Uh, when I walk down the street here, everybody, most everybody knows me. Yeah. Uh, I don't get hung up on that at all, but if people say good day to me, and especially if they're white people, uh, uh, there's always uh, young black kids in the street so I make a point of singing out, top note, in reply, hello my brother or hello my sister. And uh, I, just by my actions I, and my words, I'm sending a message to the kids who are coming behind because they all watch in Riverbank. Yeah. And I'm just showing them how, you're supposed to how we as humans are supposed to treat each other. I'm showing people in this city uh, that really, um, you know, uh, uh, the, the uh, boundaries that we create, they're man-made constructs, you know. Um, yeah. uh, Jesus himself, he told us the story of the Good Samaritan, all right? Yep. Man, it's a story for humanity, isn't it? Yeah. It's a story for all of us.
Yeah. And the $64 question is who's your neighbour? Yeah. 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 And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, uh, for mine, um, Ferguson knew who his neighbour was. And um, he knew that, um, yeah, he could, um, you see, he had, um, uh, as I already said, he had fair, a fairer complexion than the average black fella. He could have passed, he could have been a Lebanese or a Middle Eastern man, he could have been Turkish, yep. whatever. You know? Um, but he chose instead yep. to uh, take up his cross, as it were. In the end, it cost him his life. Yeah. But hopefully, through people like yourself showing a real interest in this story, hopefully his name will live on. If I can, I'd like to tell you about um, uh, another unlikely hero, if I could. Yep. About 2001, 2000, uh, I came back to Mount Truitt, and that's when I acquired the name Riverbank because uh, I'd been travelling around Australia for a while, uh, going on a little uh, uh, trip with uh, a friend and lived in a tent for about six months. I came back to Dubbo and spent about three days in town before I went out the river, which is where I've lived ever since. But when I was out there, it was that only when I was out there that I ran into a mate of mine that I, I'd known in Burke, uh, called Bowen. And called Bowen, uh, he went through Cornerstone, which was something Paul Rose had up in Burke. Mm. And Cole was a mate of mine, and he wasn't a bad bloke either. But um, what happened was I used to spend time with Cole at the community kitchen, something the church has set up in the city to feed the homeless once a week. Cole used to go along there, and he'd drive me home to my riverbank address. Cole used to always ask me, he'd say, why don't you come to church? brother and I'd say, Cole, have a look around you. Look where I'm living, man, I'm in church. But he kept asking me. And um, in the end, yeah, I went along with him, went back to church. And um, oh, it was hard at first too, because um, I was the only black guy, but yeah, um, that's the way it was. Uh, I persisted uh, to the point where, I don't know, I, I've been, I've, member of that place now for over 10 years and um, uh, Sundays are the biggest day in my week so well. so you know there's but none of that would have happened unless uh, Cole Bowen uh, yeah. uh, had uh, uh, persuaded me to come back to church. Yeah. So friendship, relationship? Absolutely and, and you know uh, at the time too uh, I was still pretty angry about whites and white Christians and the, their lack of voice at our injustice mm. and mm. all the rest. So, you know, I wasn't the easiest person to get along with, but uh, that gave me um, the chance again to uh, to reconnect with my yep. faith and to, yep. to sort of... Uh, look at the Jesus story again and yep. 
see how it applied to my life and, you know, um, and, uh, and yeah, reset my course as it were. Yep. And nowadays, I don't know, I don't go around, um, you know, uh, 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 hitting people over the head with it. Um, uh, but, you know, uh, uh, it's like I used to tell the guys at the men's shed, you know, a lot of guys would come down there and think that that was their mission field. Uh, I was a part of management uh, there and I'd tell them, brother, don't talk Jesus, be Jesus. So, you know, I just try and live it out as best I can in that way and, and yeah. Um, That's fabulous. That's and, wonderful. And, and you do it too in the idea, you know, that, that um, I don't know, <laughs> I'm just riverbank. I, I haven't got any real answers except one. You ready? Yeah. Micah 6 yeah. and verse 8. Yeah. I'm done. Thank you for joining me on this podcast as I unearth stories of faith in Australia. To watch the full Faith Runs Deep series and all Olive Tree Media content, go to olivetreemedia.com.au and sign up to the Watch Plus platform and partner with us today.